0: Welcome to the Brew Crew Review podcast, the show year by fans right for fans of your Milwaukee Brewer. Hi, Brewer fans! Welcome to the Brew Crew Review podcast with Craig and Vince. Joining you today. How's it going, Vincers? Going great, Craig. How about you, man? Well, I've seen the. A- my first spring training box score of the year which i love and the brewers are already started off here in spring training um and uh they're actually playing as we speak as we're recording this as the third game of spring training but um i guess before we jump into more stuff i guess i'll, I'll point out one thing for spring training array it's kind of interesting uh self relic has been playing he's started two different games at third base already and they've said that they're going to try to get him some work at third base and second baseman to get his give them some fl- roster flexibility. What are your thoughts on that?
1: You know, I think it's smart. Um, I've talked, you know, on this show quite a bit in the past about how I, I do, you know, think that the Brewers should be a little bit more dedicated to giving guys specific positions to play. And I know the versatility is a really great trait, but I don't necessarily think that you need that with like, you know, five guys on your team. I think that you need to have some set starters. That being said, we do have a glut of outfielders. I, I would think that, um, Sal might make a better second baseman than a third baseman. So I guess that I'm a little bit surprised that, you know, we would put him at the hot corner, especially with Tyler black coming up and, you know, with, with other um, potential third base options. So that is the surprise to me. It's not that he's playing infield. It's it's more that he's at third base. So I, I would really look at him a little bit more as a second baseman. I think he's got that, that body type, to be honest. Um, I think we all saw that Bryce Terrain brings a ton to the field with his glove, but leaves a lot to be desired with his bat. So, you know, I think that, I think that, you know, Terrain certainly could be the starter again this, this season. It seems like that's what the Brewers are are planning on, but I do think that we might want to look at other options. And Felix seems like you would make a ton of sense at a second base.
0: Yeah, no, it, it's interesting to the fact that like you think, I feel like he's almost like could be a goal glove caliber outfielder as we saw some spectacular plays last season. So it seems kind of weird to mess around with him. But that being said, I think he's black enough to handle different positions or whatnot. And like you say, he probably doesn't quite have the best arm for third baseman. I think fielding-wise, he'd probably be fine there. Uh, I guess what it does signal to me as a Brewer fan is I think that the Brewers internally don't think Tyler Black can handle third base. I've heard he's pretty terrible defensively at almost every position besides first base. So I think they they want his bat in the lineup. I think they're actually thinking of uh, rotating him in, you know, platoon-wise, maybe even at DH and such.
1: Um, yeah, yeah.
0: Could be, yeah. But, but I don't I, I think that he's more – like if he is to play on the field, I think that he'll eventually – he's more likely to settle on it second base or first base rather than third, Tyler Black himself. So maybe they're really – however, with that being said, I think our future third baseman, as of even maybe sometime next year, is our last year's draft pick, uh, Brock Wilkin. Uh, but yep. he also could be someone to slide over at first, someone in his career. But I mean, um, I, I think, again, just they're kind of searching for, I mean, we also have Joey Ortiz, who is probably our future shortstop, shortstop, but he also could play third. We've got a lot of guys that can play all different positions. So that's a good thing. And it's remind me again of how we're built just like the old or the old end the current, I guess, Ray's, uh team, which is not a bad thing, but again, it's one of those things where like, I just don't like all the unsettledness of, you know, I love spring training for trying that stuff out, but hopefully they determine at least halfway through spring training, like what his role is going to be. And if it doesn't, if they think, okay, he's best back in outfield, I think they should go with that. Um, We'll see how it plays out, but it is interesting. I, you know, if, if maybe he'll stick there, maybe he's going to be a great third baseman. who knows. Um, So uh, that is interesting. So.
1: Yeah. Well, a couple of points um, to to follow up on that. I think that you know, number one, we we've only got Reese Hoskins under team control officially for one more or for one season total. So um, the fact is is that you could be right about Tyler Black. Maybe maybe the Brewers look at Tyler Black and and think of him as the first baseman of the future. So he gets called up, you know, or he even starts the year with the team. Um, he's a bench bat. He's a guy that can play third. He can play DH. He can play first. Um, so he gets some at bats. Maybe he starts the year in AAA. You never know. But um, maybe that's kind of the plan. Is that they are going to be switching him over to first base and maybe he's considered to be, uh, the long-term answer at first base. And maybe that, maybe that's part of the Brewers thinking on this. Um, and the other point is, is that the Brewers must have a ton of confidence in Joey Weimer, uh, this year to be looking at switching South Relic, because like you said, South Relic is exciting in the outfield. I mean, he's a really dynamic player. Uh, we saw him make some great plays last season. Um, but that being said, Joey Weimer, there was some, uh, some clips that came out from some of our colleagues in the media this week, and Joey Weimer has been working on his swing a lot in the offseason. He looks a lot better uh, than what we saw last year when he struggled as a rookie in many cases, and he did have some dramatic moments, and I think a lot of Brewer fans could see the potential, and, and certainly defensively he was exciting to watch as well. But um, I think the Weimer profiles less as a guy that can switch to the infield is just not his body type, and, and it, it does seem, though, that the Brewers are excited to keep him around and keep his – his batting lineup. So maybe this is a way to get Joey Weimer some more playing time. Um, and that's one of the things that we're looking at. So maybe we, we're looking at more of an outfield of Weimer, Mitchell, Curio um, with, the, as our three starters in Yellich, uh, obviously being both an outfielder and somebody that's DH uh, and can play, we'll be playing one of those two spots every day.
0: No, I think you're exactly. I think Joey Weimer is. We kind of cast him aside as maybe our fourth outfielder going forward, or something, or possibly a trade bait. But in all reality, he could end up being the best outfielder of of all our young guys, for all we know. Um, especially yeah. like I think it's undeniably if he's an everyday major league baseball player, he's got 2020, 20, if not more, potential with the homers and steals, and he's got a great outfield arm. I mean, I I think he definitely. He, he profiles to me as an everyday regular and possible four line, you know, star level player. And so, if the Brewers, you know, want to get his van in lab, that, that's one way to do it. But I think if you look at the infield beyond this year, and I don't know why we'd be looking beyond this year, but I guess if it's spring training, so you got to start doing that. If I were to guess, Reese Hoskins has a big year as a Milwaukee Brewers, shows he's healthy, I'll probably opt out of his contract and look for, you know, if not sign with us, look for work elsewhere. And I think Willie Thomas is probably as good as gone after he becomes a free agent from the Brewer. So if you look at next year's possible infield with who we have internally now, I can totally foresee, like you mentioned, Tyler Black being our first baseman next year, Bryce Trang being at second or short, uh, Joey Ortiz being at the other one of those two positions. And then, you know, we don't really have someone for third then besides maybe Sal Freelick, if he can stick there and then until Brock Wilkins ready. And then at, at that point, then you move him back to the outfield. And maybe, you know, switch Christian Yelich more to so some DHing and whatnot. And that way you still get Churio and Weimer and Mitchell's bat all in the lineup um, going forward, too. So who knows? Uh, but there, that's, I think that Ross respects, that's what spring training is for. So I think it's kind of cool that they're doing it. And I'm sure Sal's game for that. And I think he's athletic enough to handle any of that. Um, I just want to see his bat in the, in the lineup every day, regardless of what position he's at. So that's exciting. Um, speaking, yeah. of exci- speaking of exciting, uh, Brandon Woodruff is nope. back in the Milwaukee Brewers. In fact, he's never left technically. Um, so, <laughs> as Brewer fans, we all kind of rejoice. Obviously, he left the way that he left the Milwaukee Brewers last year, right at the, the day after the season ended, by having a you know teary-eyed press conference saying he was going to be injured and with his shoulder and out for the rest of the postseason and um, and possibly jeopardizing his career even. Um, the Brewers signed a two-year deal with a mutual option for a third year. Um, it's very interesting. Um, I think it's, yeah, the risk I think is a little bit taken on both sides. So I think it was a great olive branch extended by the Milwaukee Brewers. And obviously he was out there as a free agent for a little bit and no other team was probably willing to offer him much more than, than what the Brewers ultimately decided to give him. There's, and I I think this is a great sign that if he does bounce back and healthy, not only will, I think the Brewers could possibly, you know, once they see that he is healthy, um, try to work out a long-term agreement with him and possibly at a slight discount because of the the nature of how, how they, you know, gave him this owl branch while he was injured. Obviously, this is all speculation, but I would love to see Brandon Woodruff as a long-time walkie Brewer going forward at a fairly reasonable rate if he's able to bounce back and show that he is healthy and he's a pitcher that he always has been. So it's exciting. Uh, unfortunately, he probably won't help much, if at all, this year. Obviously, he could probably... See, see himself back on the mound, you know, late in the season, September, possibly, you know, for a playoff on whatever. that's exciting. But in all reality, you know, I think he will be should be healthy of next year. If he's not, there's minimal risk for the Brewers because I think that the contract plays out something like two million this year, five million this year, and then like a twenty million dollar mutual option for the third season, but with a ten million dollar buyout. So basically that takes away the risk of the Brewers if he completely can't shows that he's not. Uh, able to pitch again they do have to pay that 10 million dollar bio but then it's 17 million overall for two seasons which i think is reasonable uh, risk to take on such a guy that is your homegrown talent so i'm pretty excited about it
1: yeah uh, me too I, I was really pumped i think we talked about it a number of times on this show that that could very well be the exact possibility that emerged to a to a two-year uh, deal with a bit of a discount on woodruff and i think that the risk reward is there um you know I remain slightly optimistic, uh, maybe a little bit more optimistic than, than what you just said in the sense that I I've heard that he could be back as soon as July. Um, That's probably a, you know, a tad optimistic and we don't want to rush him back of course, but if, if the brewers are in contention this year, and there's no reason to think that we will not be uh, given the state of this division and, and some of the talent on this team um, the idea of getting Brandon Woodruff uh, back for the second half, even in August would be incredible. Um, so any production out of out of Woodruff this year is certainly a bonus. And you know, worst case scenario, I guess he's injured through the, for the duration of this contract. But I think the most likely scenario is is that he contributes a bit at the end of the season, um, and that he's you know back to hopefully being the Brandon Woodruff that we have all known and loved since 2017 um, next season. So if we get Brandon Woodruff back though for the second half and for any push in the playoffs this year, I'm incredibly happy uh, with this signing. I I do think that it was the right thing to do. I I don't know that Woodruff. Um, didn't get other offers to your point though, Craig, I, I, I really got the sense that that Brandon wanted to come back to Milwaukee the entire time. I think that he said, so uh, the day that the news came uh, about the non-tender to begin with, I think that Brandon Woodruff has expressed on numerous occasions his desire to, to be with the Brewers for as long as possible. And I loved what he said uh, when, the, some of our colleagues talked to him um, after he resigned here. He just said that he felt like he had unfinished business as a brewer and wanted to do more in a brewer's uniform. So I, I think that his love for the organization and for the city and for the fans is, is genuine. Um, so I'm, I'm ecstatic about the move.
0: So it's one of those things where I think that Randall woodruff and the Milwaukee Brewers have treated each other well, and this can seem, kind of seems like an opposite as the relationship that the Brewers had, and not speculating too much more in the detail, but like between themselves and Corbin Burns. Um and, and that's ultimately why he got traded. I, I think, uh, I mean, obviously it makes sense for rebuilding. We weren't going to, with a healthy Corbin Burns next going into free agency, there's just no way we were going to c- compete for a contract offer to him as a small market team. Um, and so I think we're more likely to hopefully take somewhat of a, you know, a discounted offer, long-term offer to Brandon Woodruff if he's able to prove himself healthy. And with with Peralta yeah. still being locked up for several years uh, on a cheap with a brilliant contract we signed him to a couple of years ago when he was still kind of bouncing back between the bullpen and the rotation. That was awesome. And so with the, with the two of them, and then of course you've got Andy Ashby, uh, I'm sorry, Aaron Ashby. <laughs> I think that hey, man, hey I, I lived
1: at the 92, man.
0: <laughs> his uncle, I get that mixed up. Obviously his uncle is former MLB player, Andy Ashby, but Aaron Ashby, yeah. um, coming back from his own shoulder problems, um, he looks healthy this spring, supposedly, from what I'm here, and he's aiming f- to make the rotation right out of camp, which I think is a surprise. And I think that, that shows that he's ahead of schedule. And again, yeah, I great. really feel like he's got upside of a number two or three starter, and that's exactly where we need to slot him in now with our current iteration of the Brewers. So that's exciting. Um, you know, and and there's I love this open competition for the other spots. Obviously, Wade, Wade Miley is probably guaranteed one of the spots. But, you know, you've got, you're going to have some competition between D.L. Hall, our new acquisition, uh, Colin Ray and Robert Gasser, Carlos Rodriguez. Uh, we have some depth. And we still haven't, like we thought, brought in a veteran starting pitching as of yet. Um, but that, that could still happen here as, as there's still plenty of agents out there on the market. But uh, I, I think I'd rather not give away <laughs> too many sparks to veterans uh, when we really need to give some of these, these younger guys start to the major league level for their own development. And you hate to hear that, you know, coming off of such a contending season and all central champs, that we have to wait, you know, waste some MLB time on, on talent, but on, on development. But I think it's just a necessity when you're dealing with young guys that need work at the MLB level, and, and I, I do love yeah. some of the guys that we have um, in our organization. For so, it's, so, it'll be an exciting year, I think, to see the development happen, Um and there might be some ups and downs oh, and yeah. whatnot, but and some growing pains. But I think it'll all be worth it in the end. So it's an exciting time to be a Milwaukee Brewer fan, I feel. Um, yeah, definitely.
1: I'm excited to see Robert Gasser pitching the big leagues, uh, maybe even to start the year uh, in the rotation. Uh, I'm excited to see Jacob Mizorowski. I don't think he's going to start the year with the big league team, but I do certainly think it's possible that we see him before the year is done. Um, and, and either way, I'd like to see his continued development in the minor leagues if nothing else this season um but yeah the Brewers have a lot of good arms uh, I'm really excited about D.L. Hall and what he could potentially uh turn into I, I think that we discussed it a bit in our last episode but you know I think that his ceiling is is incredibly high and and he could be a flopped failed prospect as well but um, you know, that's, that's what these types of seasons are for in some ways where, you know, we're not punting on the season by any stretch, but I also think that this is the time to get him some innings and, and kind of see what he can do, uh, over a longer stretch of time than than he was able to get in Baltimore, uh, as a starter, at least.
0: Absolutely. I should also point out that the Brewers did f- finally officially sign Gary Sanchez onto the 40 man roster. Um, there was some issue, I guess, with, um. With some of his medicals, and so I think that I don't know the exact final details, but it's my understanding that 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 they actually um uh, maybe got a little bit of reduction in his contract uh, total because of it. Um, so I'm not sure, but I think he is finally in camp and signed officially. So that's exciting. I'm not exactly sure what role he will take, but I I do think that he'll get a good number of DH at bats, and you know. Uh, catcher day off type of bats at the catching position. So it, it's nice to have a power bat like that um, for depth in front of the bench and whatnot. Uh, so that's, that's exciting as well. So I know. Well, that yeah. We, and
1: it's the one year commitment too. I mean, we're not like locked into this guy for three or four seasons. I think, I think it's really worth the, worth the risk. And, you know, again, I think we talked about it in our, our last episode, but you know, uh, the, to have a genuine power threat off the bench to me is a huge deal. And I, I think I've said this for like 20 years of our, show slash podcast but i i just really think the brewers have kind of failed to develop power bats off the bench um outside of a couple you know examples uh guys like russell brandon or um brooks kishnick or other kind of weird names from the brewers past but i really do think that it's a it's a, it's a very important um factor for a team to have uh, that 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 power bat off the bench
0: yeah and like i said this current front office, uh, current and former front office of the Brewers, you know, seem to focus more on the versatility of the bench guys rather than the specific um, trait like power from any one position. But, I, but I, you know, for a contending team, I I do like uh, a power bat, like, you, like you're mentioning, out the bench. I, I feel like Gary Sanchez is one of the better ones we've, we've brought in, um, in in a while. So that's pretty pretty exciting. Um, yeah. One, one thing that we don't get to very much is our viewer email and mailbag so you actually have a couple to throw out there we'll have a little bit of time on this podcast to get to some of them so i don't know if you want to
1: um yeah is scotty on i don't know if scotty's on or not but he was uh, gonna read these i think um here
0: he does have his email puppy retriever cooper i believe his name is <laughs> he usually retrieves the emails <laughs> for us so to speak. all right
1: sounds good craig uh let me just pull these up here then if scotty's not on um Okay, uh, first question comes from our friend on Twitter and social media, Samuel Young. Uh, he asks, with Nashville almost certainly being one of the future MLB expansion teams, where do you want the Cruz AAA club to be located going forward?
0: Right? Huh. Interesting. Yeah, I guess I'll start by saying I'm not 100 I think after the A's moved to Vegas, I don't know that there'll be an expansion of LA baseball anytime in the real near future. I'm thinking maybe sometime in the next ten years it could happen, but I would say that the Major League Baseball is pretty happy with the current division setup and the current thirty teams. Um, but if there is a next when expansion does happen again, I do agree that Nationals is probably one of the top sites that it could go to. And if that's the case, like like you're saying, the the Brewers will have to move their Triple A team to a different city. Um, I don't know that it really matters. I don't. I don't know that there'd probably be somewhere that be that close to wisconsin necessarily um but yeah you know um usually the um so i don't know how to speculate that what are your thoughts on it vince
1: well um just generally speaking i do kind of like the astros model and what they've done is they've they've put like all their affiliates within a a couple hours of houston and you know living down here that's been real real interesting and kind of fun because you know, you can go see a guy at rehab from the um, from the big league team at a ballpark 30 minutes away from the Astros stadium. So it's it's kind of cool because their AAA team is uh, right down the road uh, from from Houston, and their Double A team is in Corpus Christi, which is you know just uh, a little like maybe an hour and a half, two hours away. So it is kind of cool, and I I really do see the value of teams uh, doing that. I think especially for injury purposes sometimes you need guys up on the big league roster right away because of an injury that happens in a night game. And if you've got a day game the next day, um, that's something that I think the teams are, are kind of going to move to a little bit. Um, that being said, I think that I disagree with you a little bit here, Craig, I do think that Nashville is going to get a team Our anonymous source. Tom Carter um, mentioned that Dave Stewart and a few other investors have put together a group already that's been working with major league baseball so that when the next round of expansion comes, um, which I'm going to go ahead and just, predict will happen by 2020. I think it'll be announced in 26. I think that there will be a a draft after the 27th season. We'll say 2028. uh, My official prediction right now, based on our anonymous source, Tom Carter's tips, that there will be a team in Nashville because Nashville will be one of the two cities that's given uh, a franchise. Okay, there you go.
0: And as... uh...
1: so where where the Brewers should go uh, is a totally different question. I love Nashville, as you know, uh, for the Brewers Triple A uh, team. I know that, gosh, our show has been going there since 2005. Uh, so on a selfish level, I've always always loved it uh, being a Brewers franchise uh, city. Um, I would say that you know you could look to other cities in that in that league like Louisville, um, San Antonio makes a lot of sense to go back to that. I know that right now it's a Double A a double-A home after all the realignment that happened a couple years ago, but that could very well change again. I think that um, San Antonio could certainly support a triple-A team. I think that, uh, you know, there's a history there with the Brewers. So I I would say San Antonio is probably my, my best bet.
0: That's a good guess. And like I said, following the Astros model, unfortunately there's no triple-A league that has like a Midwest presence. So having, besides, you know, well, you know,
1: Louis, Louisville. Like I would be for the Cubs or something, but yeah,
0: Louisville and Springfield, Missouri, I think are the farthest north um, teams. So, so I mean, I, there's definitely not likely to be one that's in Wisconsin, say like Madison or Green Bay or something like that. But if that's what uh, Brewer fans are thinking, unfortunately, again, um, probably. So. It's, it, I don't even really want to speculate where it'd be but, but I agree with you. San Antonio, I think, would be a nice, a nice location to have it. Or may, maybe, a, I don't think they have a minor league team like in Austin, do they? I don't know if they could expand one or something. But that, that'd be-
1: uh, there's a minor league team. Yeah, there is a minor league team just right outside of Austin in Round Rock. The Round Rock. Oh, East Round West, Rock. Okay. Is, that's the Triple A team of the Texas Rangers, and they are um, they are about eh, 25 minutes or so from downtown Austin. So yeah, it's right there. All right. Cool. Yeah, um, nice ballpark too. By the way, it's it's one of the better minor league uh, ballparks. We go to a couple games there a year, and um, it's a lot of fun. Uh, their their ballpark, I would say, is even better than like <laughs> the National Stadium or some some MLB ballparks. It is really cool. Awesome.
0: Okay, so uh, we probably have time to get one more email question.
1: Yeah. Um. Let's bring this one up. This was not from Tom. Um. Let's see. All right. This question is from a, another uh, fan uh, who goes by <laughs> the online pseudonym, Chucky's Hacking, He doesn't actually give us his real name, but he's got a picture of Chucky Carr uh, next to, <laughs> next to his, his, uh, his tag here, which, which is Chucky's hacking a reference to Chucky's Hacking on 3-0. and um, How will Pat Murphy's managerial decisions differ from Craig Council's? Do you want to answer that first, or you want me to go? No, I want you to go, Craig.
0: Okay. Um, well, I don't know if casual Burr fans know this, but uh, Pat Murphy was actually uh, Craig Council's college baseball coach back at Notre Dame back in the day. So he actually spent 22 years coaching uh, the college baseball teams both uh, at Notre Dame and at um, Arizona State. So, I
1: mean, he's got – Spring break at uh, Porter We talked to some uh, fans of his uh, from ASU at spring break. 06, I think, in Rocky Point, Puerto Penasco, Mexico, Craig, remember?
0: Yeah, I think we did. There were a lot of Pat Murphy fans down there and Brewer fans as well. Um, but no, I mean, I, I think they have similar styles, obviously, that uh, Craig Hansel probably, I would assume, got his coaching style from Pat Murphy, which would make sense. Um, so I, I don't think there's going to be too much more. I, I think that he's very well re- liked and respected by... All, the, all of his, uh, the players that play under him, and I think he gets the most out of the players that play for him, uh, which I, as a coach, like, you really can only ask for, for those traits. Um, I guess I will say that I think he will be uh, a little more aggressive than Craig Council in some ways, maybe even just, like, on the yeah. base, base pass. Um, yep. But overall, I mean, just as a man, i, I heard he's got an awesome sense of humor, and you know, I, I think that he's gonna cherish this opportunity he has as to be a major league uh, manager, uh, man, um, major league ma- manager, and uh, yeah, so expecting yep. good things. But to answer your question, I don't, I, his question, I don't, I just don't think it's gonna be too much different uh, than Craig, besides being possibly a little bit more aggressive, I guess
1: overall. Yeah, I I've got three major differences. Being aggressive was one of them. So, I totally agree with you on that one. I think that that includes being aggressive on the base path. Um number 2 I think is uh I think that I think that he's got some some old school tendencies perhaps and that's not to say he doesn't appreciate, you know, newer metrics and and you know, statistical ways of looking at the game. I think he does, which is good. Um but I also think that he might do things that are a little different than Craig when it comes to like for instance, when Corbin Burns was throwing a no hitter uh, in the through eight innings in 2021, I think that I think if Pat Murphy lets him go out there for the ninth, I think little things like that will be a little more old school on. So, I you know I I would say that you're going to see a bit of that, not a ton of that. So uh, if that makes sense, um, maybe maybe you know that's an extreme example, of a pitcher trying to throw a no hitter, but I, that's that's just to kind of highlight highlight a point here. Um, The other way that I think he's different is just his personality is a lot different. When you listen to his, um, I don't know if you saw it, but he gave a talk in the Brewers clubhouse a couple of days ago. Um, He's a rah-rah guy. I mean, he, he kind of wears it on his sleeve. I think that he does it in a way that's a lot different than Craig's personality, Craig, you know, and I'm not just saying this because he's now managing our our tribal Chicago Cubs, but um, he kind of gave that appearance of, kind of sulking in the dugout a lot, you know, like he was upset about something, you know, you could just see that he wasn't happy to (laughs) whatever was happening in the game. I'm not saying that that's how he is as a person. I am saying though, that I think that Pat Murphy is going to kind of bring some of that, that old school um, demeanor to the clubhouse and to the locker room as well. And I mean that in a very positive way. I I think that he's going to have a a team that's firmly playing for him. Um, I think he's going to have that clubhouse under control Uh, You can tell that the guys like him a lot. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, but they gave him like a a old man's cart to drive drive around the field at in Maryvale this spring. Um, (laughs) So I I think that uh, I think that he's going to bring some of that sort of mentality. And and, you know, quite frankly, and he alluded alluded to this in his uh, introductory press conference with our colleagues. But um, you know, he he said he had a heart attack a couple of years ago, and I think that that gave him some insight. He's literally got like nothing to lose. You know, he's kind of approaching this like hey, this is my shot. Like, I, I don't think he's saving it for his next job or for a contract with the Cubs down the road. I, I think that he's ready to manage the Milwaukee Brewers this year. And I'm quite frankly, I'm a little pumped. Uh, I was as upset as anybody when when we didn't uh, have Craig Council returning as our manager. But, you know, I'm actually really excited. He's our, he's our manager going into 2024 at this point.
0: Yeah, those are all fair points and great points, Vince. Uh, I will say that in my mind, he's going to be – a little bit, he's he's more old school than Craig, which is one trait I think I'm going to really like. And for some reason, I'm just like, yeah. conjuring, conjuring uh, visions of like Lou Brown from the movie Major League. Yeah. Which if, for, <laughs> for all you younger uh, Burr fans is from the 1900s um, and 80s. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think, I think when it comes down to, you know, like I agree with you that he would have probably left Corbin Burns in to finish off the no-hitter himself, which is awesome. I like that trait about him. And also, just the whole—I think he'd have the whole mentality where, like, and then I could just see someone from the analytics, like, uh, bench coach, come out to me, like, "Yeah, um, do you think you should throw him a slider here or something?" Like, and and him just being like, "Like, I <laughs> like, um, give him the heater." <laughs> like, maybe, maybe we're like, gonna, you know, use your best pitch and don't mess around. Like, this is, you know, uh, so so we'll see. <laughs> Obviously, this is all speculation, but I guess that's kind of what the question the are uh, are listeners asking, so yeah. in my mind, so I, I don't know, it's, it's exciting, obviously, Craig, Con- Craig Council is a longtime Brewer icon, and with the organization for a very long time, obviously a hometown kid, but all, you know, Pat Murphy, I think he's going to be a great manager, and so we're excited for this season, definitely, so welcome, Pat.
1: Yeah, maybe we're going to see uh, Gary Sanchez uh, call a shot in the playoffs this year, and end up bunting home the winning run, never know.
0: Yeah, you never know, there we go.
1: <laughs> That's all hope. <laughs> so all
0: right well we got to wrap it up for today so make sure to follow us on all the social media stuff
1: yeah that's a brew review one on twitter uh remember to keep sending us your questions glad we could finally get to a couple of them from scotty's mailbag today uh brew review podcasts with an s at gmail.com is our email address
0: awesome so all right well stay classy tom go harder and go brewers
1: (laughs) sounds good craig all right thanks chad thanks scotty go brewers thanks tc do do, do.